Um, the next reading is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. If you've been joining us each week, then at this stage that passage should be very familiar. And as we get to our last week, uh, looking at the Lord's Prayer and in particular looking at this theme of temptation and deliverance. So let me pray uh, that God might be with us now. Uh, Dear Father, there is so much in the world that tests our conviction and tempts us to turn our back on you. As we reflect on your word now, I pray that we might be strengthened by your spirit to say no to ungodliness and to see the beauty of obedience. Amen. I've been thinking a lot about trials and temptations this week in anticipation of today, and I came to the conclusion that life would be a lot easier if they came at us just one at a time and with a little bit of pre-warning because that way I could sort of mentally and emotionally prepare, uh, you know, when they arrive. Uh, But, of course, life doesn't work like that. And so often life is more like kind of the Dodgem cars at a carnival. You know, when I was a kid, I used to love the Dodgem cars, right? And so you, you get into the car and you pretty much know right from the start things are a little chaotic and you're a bit out of control. But, you know, you're trying to go in the right direction and then, of course, you turn the wheel too far and next thing you know, you're going in reverse. And then you've got someone who comes in from the side and wipes you out. And as you're sort of trying to sort of get back, you know, going in a straight line, some vindictive stranger from the back has just been lining you up and comes, you know, careering in from behind until finally you're kind of this rather sad little lame duck stuck in the corner not quite sure how to, you know, get out of this little crisis. I think that's more what life is like most of the time. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been taught from the Lord's Prayer and it teaches us to pray, but it also teaches us about the nature of God. Uh, So he is personal. He is a father. He is working out all things according to his will. And so we pray that he will provide and we pray that he will forgive. And we know from the rest of scripture that when we do pray for forgiveness and when we repent, that that forgiveness is guaranteed. But there's also a command in the same way that God forgives us, that if we are truly his followers, then we will also forgive others. And now he teaches us to pray for God's mercy 
as we're confronted with trials and temptations. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Uh, For those who like to know where we are going in a sermon, that helps you stay on plot. I want to start by looking at this word that we translate as temptation and then go on to talk about what does it mean for God to lead us not. Uh, And then we'll look at the evil one and what does it mean for God to deliver us. And the word temptation, or that we translate temptation, is actually more often in Scripture uh, translated as trial or testing. Uh, But you can sort of see how those three ideas potentially go together. So trial and testing confront either our fears or our desires and sometimes our sense of justice and fairness. And then that confrontation leads to temptation. Uh, what do we do with what we are feeling? And when we give in to temptation, well, that becomes sin. Uh, and giving in can be an action, uh, but just as much it can be our thoughts and our attitudes. And these trials and temptations can be thrust upon us, like losing our job or when we're in an accident or a chronic illness, or someone verbally abusing us. And and all of a sudden, there's just that rage inside and we want to react, uh, and usually badly. Uh, But just as easily, uh, trials and temptations come from our own choices. Uh, They can be simple choices in the moment, uh, to be selfish rather than selfless, uh, to be greedy uh, rather than generous, uh, to use words that uh, oppress Uh, rather than using words that build up. And of course, some of those testings and temptations and trials can be life-defining and life-destroying. And often it's a slippery slope. So if you think about the office affair, you know, it starts off with simply being friendly to someone who's easy to talk with. And that becomes, you know, perhaps a little bit of harmless flirting. I mean, everyone likes to be liked and to you know, think that someone finds you interesting. Uh, and then that someone, you know, starts to become the person you confide in. They understand how you're feeling. They understand your frustrations. And then they become the person who satisfies those feelings and frustrations, those desires to, for excitement or passion or to be loved. And, of course, anyone observing this affair evolve can see that this is just a train wreck waiting to happen. Uh, but for the person in the, in the moment, they often don't see it. You know, they justify their behaviour, uh, their desires grow within them, and then they think they're in control right up until the moment they're not. You know, it's why Paul says to the Corinthians, you know, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. Or perhaps the trial and testing and temptation is something like gambling. You know, it starts off as sort of perceived harmless fun. It's just a few dollars uh, and no, you know, there's no real greed involved or anything like that. Uh, but then it becomes a desire to win or you start to lose and there's a fear and so you want to win back what you have lost. And again, rationally, we know with gambling, the more you gamble, the more you lose. But it just feels irresistible. And so... Jesus teaches his disciples to pray that God the Father might protect, that he might 
help us to not be in a position where we will fall. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And these words connect back to the experience of Jesus uh, when he was tempted. So in Matthew 4, we read this account of events. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And so there's a little bit of subtlety here. Uh, We know from the Bible that God does not tempt. Uh, So, for example, James, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. So God does not tempt, but he is all-powerful. And so what we end up seeing is that even though God does not tempt us, he does allow us to be tempted. And we continue to live in a broken world. And so there will be trials and testing and temptation. Uh, And we see that in the story of Job. We see it with David standing on the rooftop looking down at Bathsheba. And Peter, as he stands around the fire after Jesus has been arrested and denies knowing Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. And then just to make things a little more confusing, uh, trials and testing can even be used for our good. So again, James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And Peter says something similar. These things have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus is revealed. And so all of these passages are using the same word for trials and testing and temptation. And so how do we reconcile these ideas? Uh, Because they're kind of complicated. And I think what we see is that as Christians, we certainly don't seek trials and temptation. And we are praying uh, that God in his mercy might place us in a safe space, uh, that he might bless us with the many good things that he offers. That is our prayer. Uh, but God has chosen for us to remain in a broken world. And we as Christians are certainly a work in progress, but we are not perfect. And so when God does confront us with trials and testing, then there is an opportunity. Even in our fallibility and our weakness, uh, there is an opportunity for us to demonstrate our faithfulness to God. And in fact, we demonstrate it far better in our struggles than we do in our comfort. When we are faithful in the hard times, we show the sincerity of our faith. You know, we trust that God will walk with us even through those darkest valleys. And despite being woefully undeserving, we trust that his, death on, his son's death on the cross was sufficient for us, 
that our salvation is secure in Christ. And these trials and temptations lift our perspective. They help us to see that there are actually better days ahead, that God has a better plan uh, where there is no more struggle. And thankfully, uh, God does place limits even on trials and temptations. So the Apostle Paul says this, No temptation has overtaken, overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he'll also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You know, we often feel that trials and temptations are simply overwhelming and irresistible. Uh, but thankfully, uh, in Christ, as we trust God, as we have his spirit, uh, they're certainly powerful, but they are not irresistible. In our pain, God's spirit helps us to hold on to God's promises. In our temptation, God's spirit helps us to reject that inner voice that wants to become bitter at God or turn to the, comfort, to the world for comfort. And the way out might not be easy. It might mean all sorts of grief in terms of relationships and you know, how things function at work. It might even mean losing your job. Uh, but there is a way out. It is possible. And when we recognise something is possible, then even in our pain, even when we think we can't going, it's just that little glimmer of hope that helps us push on. You know, it's like the runner. I don't know if you've ever, ever been a runner, but there's a point running where I go, fair income, if I have to make another five steps, I am going to drop dead. Um, and then you actually discover that you can actually persevere through the pain. And it's a little bit like that. It can feel overwhelming. Uh, but in God's help and with his spirit, uh, it's not. And that brings us to the role of the evil one in all of this. Uh, some translations uh, simply say, uh, deliver us from evil uh, or deliver us from the evil one. Uh, it's a little bit ambiguous uh, in the Greek. Uh, we're going to go with evil one and, and lots of people do. But certainly as we struggle with our sin, uh, Satan wants to do everything in his power to exploit our weakness. Uh, so certainly in, in scripture, uh, there are passages where it talks about uh, people being possessed uh, by demons and being controlled by evil spirits. But I don't think that's the context here. As we talk about trials and temptation, it's more about influence than possession. Uh, so if lust is your weakness, uh, then Satan wants to put everything in your way uh, to make that slippery slope as slippery as possible. You know, it might be at the beach, it might be an attraction to a friend, it might be pornography or something a little more subtle like a show you watch. Uh, if your weakness is vanity and the desire to be desirable... Uh, then he will foster every opportunity for you to compare yourself with others and to nurture that insecurity and that discontent. And he'll encourage you to find satisfaction in anyone and anything but Christ. And if you are suffering as a result of an accident, then Satan wants to channel that hurt into bitterness and feelings of abandonment. And Satan doesn't really care how he tempts us. 
Uh, If fear works, he will use fear. If desire works, he will use desire. Uh, He doesn't care whether your life is comfortable or uncomfortable. It's simply whatever it takes for you to turn your back on God. And so we pray for deliverance. Yeah, Jesus is talking to people who are saved and praying that he might deliver us in the present. But it also reminds us that he has delivered us even more significantly, not just from the present struggles, but from the consequences of sin eternally. Uh, He has secured our future. If we renounce our sin and if we repent and ask for forgiveness and commit ourselves to Christ, then we know that God will forgive us and he will set our feet on solid ground. And all of that is possible not because of our goodness, not because our good outweighs our bad, but because Christ died for us on the cross. And so our ledger is wiped clean. Uh, There is nothing held against us. And our relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is perfectly restored. But as we pray in the present, that God might protect us from trials and testing and temptation, uh, we also need to see how God works in us to achieve those outcomes. Uh, So firstly, he gives us his word. Uh, to show us what is right and wrong in the first place. And, of course, what we see is God's way is vastly different to our world's way. You know, we live in a culture that celebrates greed and celebrates selfishness and pride and vanity and at the same time trivialises things like humility and self-control and commitment. We see in our culture an attitude to casual sex and sexuality and the value of life that is just starkly different to what we read in God's word. Because God has given value to all of these things. Now, God says, I have created you and I've created you to live and to relate a certain way, in a way that reflects the character of God. And of course, when we live that way, uh, we thrive. You know, we can live stumbling around in the darkness for an awful long time, uh, but we do a lot better when we are walking in light. And so when we genuinely understand who God is and what he has done for us, uh, then we see that obedience is good and that helps us to flee the temptation of our world. I think secondly, temptation is most powerful when it's given fertile opportunity. You know, so we need to be careful where we place ourselves and we need to re- recognise risk before it happens because it's awfully hard in the moment. Uh, It's hard to put something back in the box, you know, once it is out. Uh, If you've never gambled, uh, I suspect you have very little temptation when you drive past Dapto Dogs. Some of you are going, I don't even know what Dapto Dogs is. Um, If it wasn't for the Anglican Church, I wouldn't know because it's just over the fence. Uh, But if if you've never had any of that experience, it's completely powerless. Uh, It just has nothing. But for someone else... Uh, who's had you know, sort of a long-going you know, sort of relationship with Adapto Dogs, uh, I'm sure you find that place incredibly powerful when it comes to temptation. Uh, thankfully, even when we do sin, uh, even when we do give in to temptation, temptation can be starved. Uh, the less we do something, the less power it has over us. 
And so we need to pray for wisdom. And we need to pray that we can recognise it before it reaches us. And when we're in it, we need to recognise how to step away from it. You know, so, for example, you know, most men and some women are tempted by pornography. And when you combine that temptation with opportunity and then feelings of you know, perhaps loneliness, then that gives it even more strength still. But, of course, if we put a block on our computer, if we put our computer in a public place, if we have someone who holds us accountable, then those things help us to flee temptation or to starve temptation. Thirdly, uh, we have each other. And we should love each other enough to have those awkward conversations and to ask those awkward questions. You know, if you feel that someone's forming an unhelpful bond with another person at work, then we do need to say something. Uh, Not out of self-righteous judgment, but out of love. And that's tough, isn't it? No one wants to have awkward conversations. And certainly as we hear that type of feedback, when people say to us, hey, what are you doing? And our temptation is to react and to justify. And so we do need to have the courage to have the conversations, but also the grace and the courage to listen and to weigh up what someone else is saying. Number four... Uh, Don't forget, we do have God's spirit. And so in our weakest moments, uh, we are not defenceless. We are not powerless. We have God's spirit to help us. And then finally, when we do fail, uh, we need to remember that there is forgiveness on offer. You know, we feel weak and pathetic and ashamed and unlovable, uh, but God still loves us. And when we come back to him and when we repent, we can be confident he will forgive us. Uh, That doesn't give us permission to be casual about sin, uh, but every day uh, God offers us a fresh start. Uh, So if yesterday was a complete disaster, then pray that today will be better. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen.